brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. What's going on, besties? This is one of your hosts, Jill Coleman. This is Danny J. I said, y'all, when I moved to Texas, I never, first off, I never in my life heard people say y'all. And then I moved to Texas and so many people said it. And it was so bizarre to me. It was almost like one of those things where I just kind of cringe every time I heard it. And now I love, I love when it. people say y'all. Same. I do too. And I <laughs> use it all the time. I never used it I when like I was in North Carolina, which is odd. I lived there for 15 years oh. and a lot of people obviously said it, but I never started using it until yeah. recently. I don't know why. I think also maybe a couple of years ago, people were saying things like, you can't say you guys. Like that was a thing, you know, oh, it was like, don't use the term right. you guys because that assumes everyone's a guy. Guys. And so I've started saying y'all mm. or folks or family or hey fam. I've been saying stuff like that instead. Yeah. Hey y'all. Ah, I don't see. know. Yeah. Y'all is inclusive. Y'all is inclusive. My mom so, used to say yizzes. Uh, that was a Boston thing. Yizzes? <laughs> yeah, use guys and yizzes. Yizzes. <laughs> forgot is about that. that. Like, is that like is that like mizzes, like women? No, yizzes? it's like you guys, but it's like shortened to yiz, like yizzes, like yiz. Use. Use. Use guys. Yizzes. Yizzes. I need to ask my mom about that. I just thought, I just remembered that. Uh, that's funny. That I have not yeah, heard. Yeah, it's a New England thing. Well... <laughs> I guess so. I love uh, a good regional dialect. So <laughs> we're, I, I saw this podcast interview by Layla Hermosi. Well, she was being interviewed by somebody. And there was this little headline that said, women speaks on why it is your job to deal with the bad things in your mm. life. So I was like, ooh, what is that? So I, you know, I swiped and listened. And basically she said, well, we have problems in our life. It's not like... She said, basically her example was, was it my fault that my mom was an alcoholic and left me for weeks at a time? No, it's not my fault, but was it my problem? Yes, it's my problem to deal with. And the reality is, is a lot of times people will do some shit that causes us problems. And is it our fault that it happened? No, but is it our problem to fix? Yes, or it is our problem to deal with, or it is our problem to have to handle. And it sucks. And sometimes we think or we want the person who did the thing, who broke it, who messed up is their problem to fix or deal with. But the truth is it's not. And we, of course, I'm going to bring this example up because we, we started the podcast on it, but you know, when our exes had the affairs and 
broke our, our trust in our relationship and our marriages, there was definitely a time where I'm like, I want him to fix this. I want him to, to make it better, to make it right. And unfortunately that's not going to, it's not always going to be the case or how it works. It was my problem to deal with. I didn't want it to be my fucking problem. I'm like, this is your problem. <laughs> like you deal with it, motherfucker. But it became my problem and it wasn't my fault, but it was my problem. And it was something that I had to deal with, that I had to overcome, that I had to figure out how to handle. And I think this is a good time to talk about it. I know a lot of people just came off, you know, meeting with family over the holidays, or even if you didn't see family, it's, it's always a time where people are talking about family and oftentimes family are a big cause of our problems. Um, but these kind of things are really important to recognize. And I know we talk a lot about personal responsibility, but it sounds almost harsh to say that it's your problem to deal with, but the truth is it, it kind of is. Yeah. I've heard this before. I think Cheryl Strayed, who, um, She's a novelist and she, um, actually I think she wrote like a memoir. So I forget the name of the book she wrote, but, um, I heard her say something very similar to this. And I, I think we can say it's not your fault, but it is your problem. I also think we can say it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. If you want something to change, because what's the alternative? Let's think about that. If, if someone quote unquote does something that affects you or does something to you or does something that affects you, you know, you think about Layla saying her mom was an alcoholic. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be an alcoholic and deliberately be the worst mom ever. It was just like, because I'm an alcoholic, I ended Mm. up doing these things that really hurt my daughter. Or, you know, even, even when I think about my ex-husband, you know, he, I think you can, I think he loved me still while he was having the affair. So it wasn't like I'm doing this to be purposely, you know, uh, ill and ill willed towards Jill or to do something to hurt her. I don't think it's, and that's, what's hard about it is because it does affect you so much and it does hurt so much that you just think like, didn't you see that? Didn't you see that angle? Like, couldn't you see that? Like, why was you know, your love for me, not enough to keep you from doing that thing that ultimately hurt both of us. And so you do have those, like, I think it's a lot of times it's these questions and it's the questions of like, why did this happen? You know, what did I do wrong? You know, this person needs to fix their mess. I need an apology from this person. So when we sit back and we wait for someone else to make amends, or we may wait for someone else to pay reparations. We wait for someone else to, um, you know, show up in a way or apologize. If they do amazing, I'll just share my experience. My ex has apologized so many times, like over the, like it's getting, it had gotten to the point in the, like in recent years where I was like, please stop apologizing. It's actually getting like a little insulting and it's getting like a little bit like too much. But I even remember the first time that he did apologize I couldn't hear it because I wasn't healed. Like I wasn't dealing with it. So I, so it felt like words, you know what I mean? Like it was like, so you could even get what you're looking for. You can even get, you know, the person giving you money that they owe you, or you can even get the person giving you an apology. You can even get the person publicly acknowledging it, whatever it is that you feel like you need to make amends. You could even get all that stuff and it still wouldn't fix anything because no one else can fix it for you. And no one else can fix your hurts, your pains, your resentments. Now, does an apology help? Sure. Does someone maybe publicly acknowledging their wrongs? 
help? Sure. But until you do the internal work of realizing and, and working like through that, and I think that's what Layla was saying is like, what's your action item here? You know, yeah. it's not just like, it's like, cool, yeah. we can like sit around and keep blaming and complaining and go in circles all day. And I think a lot of people do, or we could go, it wasn't my fault that I'm in this situation, but if I want the situation to be different, I need to take full responsibility to do something else. And that's a really hard pill to swallow because you just feel like it's like, why is this my fucking job? I didn't do this. Why do I have to pick up this mess? Yeah. It's really hard. I like that you I like that you brought up the fact that you can get the apology, you can get all that, and it still doesn't matter. Uh, I've been there too, where I've gotten the apology and I was just not ready for it. I'm like, it's not, an, it's not enough because you want the person to suffer. As you just want them suffered. to not have done it. That's ultimately what you want. Yeah. How many times did you say early on after you found out about the affair, I just wish this never happened. Why did you ruin everything? Why did you do that? Right. I just wish it never happened. And that's really the only thing yeah. that could probably get that they could do to get you to the point where you feel yeah. otherwise it's, it's going to be on you. Yeah. Yeah. You can't take it back. And so you're left with what is you're left with picking up the pieces. It's, it's kind of like if you have a glass and you drop it, it's broken. Like you're not going to go back to putting that glass back together and drinking out of it. You got to pick up all the pieces and it's probably never going to go back to the way it was. It might be complete trash to be honest. And now you're stuck with like it happened. Do we glue this all back together? Do we throw it away? What the fuck do we do with it? But it's our responsibility to take care of it. Like we have to pick, we have to take care of the mess. If you make a mess, you usually can't just walk away from it and leave. You got to get out the broom. You got to get out the the washcloth or whatever and clean the fucking stuff up. Even if it was an accident, right? Even if you didn't mean to break the glass and mean to spill everything, it was an accident. It still happened. And I think that too often we're waiting for someone else to clean up the mess that was made because maybe they let's just say this glass example someone else dropped it and broke it but you are the person that works at the store and you have to clean it up I mean like I know this happens because I've broken glasses and places <laughs> and I start cleaning up and the people who work there are like no 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 we clean this up because we have a responsibility because this is our restaurant right so you might be the restaurant owner who has to clean up someone else's fucking mess even though you didn't do it because this is your job like your life not saying this is your job but your life is your job and your feelings and your emotions and whatever happens to you is your job to clean up. And it sucks. And you can bitch about it and you can whine about every little thing. But I do like that it's, it is a responsibility and it is a problem to handle. And it's like, this is where resiliency comes in. And this is where learning how to manage emotions and manage expectations and process emotions really gives us, um, gives us uh I guess, a leg up on anyone else who can't, right? The person who is unable to process their emotions, the person who's unable to have resilience or unable to deal with what's been left for them really ends up handicapped. They're not able to do anything else because they get so fixated on the problem and who did it to them and what happened that they can't move on. And so I think it's really taking responsibility, I think is such an empowering move it's not required. Like we can stay the victim. And we've seen people who stay the victim. You and I could say, RX did this to us. And like, we're play the victim for the rest of our lives. And like, it was not fair. And they're cheating bastard, lying asshole. And just stay in that story. Like fucking fantastic. Eight years later, it's not going to help me, but I'm much more empowered to say that wasn't my fault, but it's my responsibility to figure out what to do now as a single woman moving forward, as a you know, 35 year old 
person who's now single living in a new city and, and figuring out something. So I think taking responsibility is super empowering. Um, it's not necessarily saying it's okay. But it's like saying, hey, the glass is broken. I'm going to get the dustpan and I'm going to clean this up. Like I didn't drop it. I didn't break this thing, but that's fine. I'm going to pick it up because I don't want glass all over my fucking floor. Anymore. Yeah. It really does take putting your ego aside, at least for me, that was the hardest part about it of healing in general was being like just so self-righteous that mm. it wasn't I just wanted everyone to agree with me that that he was fucked up, that he did this, that he was bad in whatever ways. And I, I stayed that way for like six months after I left the marriage. And ultimately, I was the one who was suffering. That dude just moved on, right? Like, and so then I had this moment where I was just like, I'm the only one who's still hurting here. I'm the only one who's still fixated on this. And that doesn't make me feel good. I always so since then I've been saying this phrase that I think is speaking to what you were saying about there being uh, freedom in ownership. And I always say ownership brings options because if you don't own it, it's not yours to change, right? Like, but you have to own it in order mm. to change it. So if you, it's really important that you look at your situation as objectively as possible and be like, do I actually like being resentful and self righteous and angry all the time? And being positioned as the victim and getting sympathy. Like, I was fucking crawling out of my skin. Like, I was like, I don't like this, but it felt like this massive, it almost felt like um, condoning his behavior. If I moved on, right? If I like started taking ownership of the situation, started t taking different actions and like healing, it almost felt like saying it was okay that he did that. Or, you know what I mean? Or that I think that's sometimes where our mind goes. We're like, well, if we let go yeah. of it, right, because we're moving on into something else, it's like he, that person might forget they did that to me. And for some reason, my ego needs them to remember the pain that they caused me and the hurt they've caused, which is nothing. Like if you, if you actually say that out loud, you're like, okay, but what actually is the issue except that you have a bruised ego? Like, you know, really moving on is for you. And there has been this movement recently, which I really love in this sort of idea of not only um, taking responsibility, but even seeing these kinds of things as growth enhancing. So instead of using this thing that happened to you, taking responsibility for it to get back to baseline, it's like, how could, could we even be better? as a result of this. And that's mm -hmm. growth mindset, right? That growth mindset says like, hey, we have an option. We have an opportunity when these challenges come up. Do we use this as a tool for growth to get to even a better place than we would be if the thing never happened? You know, I think you and I, I don't know if you would agree with this, but when I think back at my marriage, you know, looking back, I loved my marriage, but there were definitely things that I was ignoring in that relationship, you know? And I feel like I'm probably a better partner now haven't gone through all that. So if you ask me like, hey, would you rather stay where you're currently at or go back to your marriage and have it be all good and no cheating, I would definitely choose now. And that's what's so hard about um, saying to someone who's in a painful place, who's waiting for someone to take to fix it for them, to say to them like, hey, I know you're really struggling right now, but but you, this could actually be even better for you. You could even be in a better place as a result of going through this. It's like you can't hear that <laughs> when you're in that when you're in that headspace. Yeah. But that really is the truth. So it's not even like okay, I'm gonna like pick myself up by my bootstraps and get back to like baseline. It's like I might actually even be fucking better for taking responsibility, not only getting out of pain and moving forward, but actually getting to an even better place 
because I'm willing to take responsibility. And that's been my experience. Uh, by the way, we have talked about so many things on this podcast around food, body image, and all of that stuff. <laughs> but we've talked a lot more lately on just like eating well for health. And this year is no different. I'm trying to do a lot more for my health, specifically brain health, mental health, clarity, and focus. Um, so I've been looking for something that gives me a little bit of an edge and can help me with my procrastination and productivity and focus. And I found this little shot called Magic Mind. It is the perfect blend of adaptogens for stress and nootropics. You might be hearing about like mushrooms these days and magic mind has both that lion's mane and cordyceps mushrooms they're two of the main ingredients in it and they help reduce anxiety and inflammation while also supporting cognition and improving physical endurance and so far in 2024 my boyfriend's been skipping his morning coffee and only taking magic mind shot I like that I could just add it to my morning routine. I still love my coffee, but it's nice for that little extra boost of focus. And he says he's not having any caffeine crashes, which is great. I think I'm immune to caffeine crash. <laughs> so anyway, whether you add it to your morning routine, uh, like me adding it to it, uh, it's just a small little step. Or if you completely replace your coffee or tea, um, I really recommend you try Magic Mind. Go to magicmind.com slash Jan Best Life. That's magicmind.com slash Jan, like January Best Life. And you can get one month free if you're subscribing for three months, which is pretty cool. And my code bestlife20, it's an extra 20% off, which gives you 75% off. And it only lasts till the end of January. So let's get your new year's resolutions on the road. Let's get going and head over to grab your magic mind and get your free um, box. Yeah, I just started listening to a book today and it's called Jane Doe January, My 20-Year Search for Truth and Justice by Emily Winslow. And she was um, raped by a serial rapist in, I want to say, Pennsylvania. And I'm only at the very beginning of the book, but it starts with her attack. She was just going to her apartment and someone busted in the door. And she was talking about how she was in college at the time. And what was really helpful to her was everyone around her was really supportive and they were also angry for mm. her, like on her mm -hmm. behalf. Like, I want this guy to die. He's such an asshole. He did the wrong thing. And she said it almost because they were so angry for her, it almost took off of her to where it was like, everybody recognizes that this was wrong. Everybody recognizes this was the awful thing to do and a shitty thing to do to another person. And I think there's something to the very beginning and kind of where you and I were when when we were able to talk about it and other people were like, he's an asshole. And sometimes it made me go like, well, look, yeah. like, hold up. Like you want to defend, yeah. but there's a part of you that needs to be validated and that somehow it wasn't your fault. And, and I think that there was something to be said to her point there of the anger from everyone else gave her an ability to start letting go because she realized, okay, this wasn't me. It wasn't my fault. Everybody's angry about this. You know, some of her guy friends were like, if, I, if they're sharing their revenge fantasies, like if I could find him, I'd pound his fucking face in, I'd kill him, you know, all of the things that they would do. There is something, I think at the beginning when we want to share and we want to kind of be the, the victim, I don't want to say we want to be the victim. I don't think anybody wants to, but when we want to have that self-righteousness of like being right or having the thing done wrong to us, there's something that feels good when other people agree and like recognize that it was wrong or it was shitty or it was a bad thing. The big piece is just not staying there forever. 
I think that I think she was right though, in a way, when there's so many people around you who are so angry on your behalf that you get to let a little bit of it go. Um, even in the case of, you know, let's say a drunk driver hitting someone and the people being so upset at the drunk driver, it never will bring back the person, but it there's something that feels validating mm-hmm. about people being upset on your behalf and recognizing how wrong it was and recognizing how messed up it was in that kind of allows you to let things go. So I don't know where really what my point well, can was. Can you do both? Of just, I think. Could you yeah, do both? Can so. you be like, hey, that was really wrong and problematic. I'm not talking about the rate that was beyond problematic, but I'm just saying like yeah, an affair yeah. or, you know, something like that where you're like, you know, like that's, that's, you know, within the context of a relationship that was wrong and that was hurtful. So you can still like have yeah. that feeling. You're not saying you're not condoning the behavior. It's not like, well, you know, it's fine. People just do what they do. It's like, no, like that was wrong. And also I don't want to be at the mercy of that storyline. I don't want to be at the mercy of that narrative that like I'm the victim. I just like have to stay here forever because if you think about that, if we are in that victim role, even though we technically are the victim, right? Like that's the thing is like in society's eyes, we definitely are. No one would say like, yeah, you deserve that and you never deserve someone cheating on you if that's not part of the the container of the relationship. But it's like, what do we want the narrative to be moving forward? And so I think you can have both at the same time. You can condone the behavior and be like, yeah, that that was problematic. That was wrong, whatever. And also be able to move on. And that doesn't mean that you're okay with it. I think that's really what I sort yeah. of struggle with. But I agree with you, especially the early days, you know, where people are just like that, you know, you just want people to agree with you. Cause then you, like you yeah. said, it, it takes the, um, the personal charge off you, you know, for other people to say, I think, and maybe you're the same in my quiet moments. I had plenty of times where I was like, yeah, maybe how was I not a good wife? And you know, I think those questions are important to ask, you know, what, you know, what was my role in this? Was there a role in this? You know, was there, again, it's not like I forced someone's hand, but like, was there something that I was missing or I wasn't seeing or something I was ignoring or something I wasn't taking responsibility for? And it's okay to even investigate that. And it doesn't mean you have to blame yourself. I think you could just observe, you know, you don't have to blame yourself and be like, oh, well, it was my actions that did this. I think that's the classic female move to be like, to take the blame, you know, not to just be like, yes, if I was a better wife, then he would never have cheated. And it's like, that's not true. Right. But there probably yeah. were things that you missed that now you won't miss them moving forward. So can we learn something from that? Yeah. And I think back to your point about growth is you know, Layla's mom being an alcoholic and leaving her, of course, there were things that she probably didn't need to see or go through as a child, but it's still her, she's still stuck with all of that shit that happened, right? So it's on her to process that, to go to counseling, to figure out maybe what what uh, skills did I learn from that? It's sucky. Um, actually, at the end of Paris Hilton's book too, she talked about like, there's some things that are just, they're just shitty that happened. They should have never happened. And yet- you are who you are now because of these things. And can we make ourselves better out of them? And it's not to say, and I, I hate to, to, especially the, like, you're so strong kind of Mm. thing. It's like, yeah, because I had to be, you know, sometimes being strong feels like a backhanded compliment. It's like, I didn't want to be strong. Like I would rather not have gone through all of these things, but here you are and you've made it through. And so if you can flip those into 
recognizing your strength that you had inside you all along. I think that could be really, really beautiful and really powerful. Yeah. I think also next level ownership. So like, like ownership 101 is like, okay, this isn't my fault, but it is my problem to solve, right? Like if I want to, I, I mm-hmm. need to do something here. I can do something here. I think like next level healing is even being able to deploy uh, compassion or even empathy for the, for the victimizer, right. Or like the, you know, the person mm-hmm. who did the thing. So Layla could just be like, wow, my mom was in like serious pain. She was sure. in massive amounts of pain. I don't know what it's like to be an addict, you know? So I think it's, if you can de- even deploy empathy, then, and, and for me personally, it, it has had to start off as pity. Like I've had to be like, I pity that person. Like I had to almost like put myself like up here in a way to like be able to do that where I'm just like, wow, like, you know, this person really was fucked up if they did that, you know, like you have to, um, like to, for me to feel better if it was something that was quote unquote done to me, I feel like I have to almost be like, wow, like I have to pity them first. And then like later I can be like, actually yeah. I can like just deploy empathy and just see them as like a human just doing their best. And that's like the next level, I feel like, of healing, which is like even like harder because you also don't want to forever make it you're better than either. You don't want to be like, oh, that person's just a fucking yeah. scrub, you know, or whatever that person who did it to me. I, I don't think that that's healing either. I think if there's still a charge there, then that's not healing mm-hmm. either, you know? So the healing to me would be like, you don't even think of the person. You don't even really think of that thing anymore. It doesn't really even hold a charge. You and I talk about our ex-husband's affairs quite a bit on this show, but there's not really a charge there. It's just like, it's something that happened. It's something that we had to heal from. It's something that brought us together. It's something that we learned a lot from, but it's not like we're here every day being like that fucking asshole. It's like, I barely even think about my ex now. You know, I, I like, I mean, I wish him well, but it's never like, you know, not top mind days go by with, I don't even think of them, you know? So I think next level is going, can I even deploy empathy for this person and see where they were coming from when they were doing that thing? And that's really hard mm-hmm. because you don't want to show them any sort of um, empathy or compassion when you're in that that really highly charged state. Yeah, I think that definitely is the next level healing. I don't think that everybody is ready for that. And I don't think everyone has to be. And I think that sometimes it takes years and years and years and years and years to even get to that point. You have to do a lot of processing and a lot of things maybe need to conversations need to have need to be had um maybe experiences need to come out stories need to come out but i think that really is like the i don't want to say pinnacle of healing but kind of kind of really is um there was this wayne dyer um cd set i used to listen to and it was he was interviewing a guy in the audience whose daughter had been murdered by a boyfriend of hers and he was in prison And he was really, really struggling every single day with just anger and just hate, just being so mad at this man who took his daughter's life. And Dr. Wayne Dyer said, can you have compassion for his parents? And that made him break down. And he just felt so, he's like, just thinking about what his parents must be going through, that their son is a murderer and he's in prison. And that was like the start mm. of that level of healing. And he's like, you don't need to, you don't need to, cause he was like, I need to forgive so I can get over this. Cause I just like, I'm going through every day, just feeling so heavy. He's like, you don't need to forgive him yet. Like, let's just start at this level. And so maybe mm. it's starting, you know, two or three levels back, like this person's parents mm-hmm. or this person's kids or something, but we don't always have to go to forgiveness of the perpetrator necessarily. But I think there's levels to it that can help aid in that kind of healing. And I think that's some deep, 
deep level stuff that takes some time and takes some processing and maybe even takes some outside help to um, give your perspective. But I definitely think that is the next the next level of it. Yeah, the outside healing part is is key. You know, one of the hardest things I think about moving on and taking responsibility is sometimes you feel like you can't move on until you get more information. And that's what's hard because mm-hmm. sometimes people don't even know what, why they do what they do. So you can be like, why did you do that? Why did you, you know, like, why did you hurt me like that? Why did you do that? And they like, sometimes people don't even know why. They obviously did for a reason, but we could sit here all day and, and want to rehash it and be like, well, let's break it down. What did you do? And like, and I don't know that getting more information actually helps, to be honest. And I don't know that that, because mm-hmm. then, and I remember Jade and I going through this and kind of talking through it. And he was like, you know, I think when I was trying to figure out why I had an affair, I was just saying stuff because I just what I didn't know what was going on with me. So I was just saying stuff like, well, and he's like, I was saying stuff like, well, you were young and, you know, I was always older and like, you know, you maybe didn't pay attention to me. And he was like, I was just grasping at straws. Like none of it was that. He's like, yeah. he's like, did those things register? Sure. He's like, but none of it was about that. It was 100% about me. And so I think sometimes we have to get right with the fact we might not get any information. We, we may not get, and we can sit here and hound people and be like, why did you do that? And like really try and get out of them. They might not know, or they can't, if they do know, they don't know how to communicate it to you. And they certainly might not know how to communicate in a way that makes you feel better. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like we could be like, well, when did, how did the affair start? And they'd be like, oh, well, one day at the gym, she was hot. And I, and they're like, oh, stop right there. <laughs> I don't need to know any more information. Yeah. Like, so you have to really ask yourself, do you even want all of the reasons why this person did this thing? And I don't know that it's always helpful, but we want it. We're like, if I have more information, I'll understand it better. And then I'll be able to prevent it from happening again. But sometimes mm-hmm. we have to be okay with being able to move on with with some holes in the story and with some incomplete reasoning. And and I think if you can do that, then that be, you become like a healing ninja. I love it. How to be – this episode is how to be a healing ninja. <laughs> how to be hey, a It really is all ninja. inside though. You know, it really is. And it's so hard because we will do – so many mental aerobics to avoid taking responsibility. Just like the number of things we will do to avoid <laughs> taking <laughs> taking responsibility yeah. for something to move on. We can justify it up, upside down, backwards, forwards. But at the end of the day, if you want your life to be different, you have to take radical responsibility, even if it wasn't your fault. Yeah. Amen. Amen to the fifth power. Um, yeah, love this. If you guys like this episode and if you have some stories to share or maybe you were struggling in victim and then you switched out, let us know, share in the Facebook group, go to the That is our website where we have all of our episodes. And we also have the link to our private Facebook group where you can share stories and, um, even share episodes you might want us to talk about. So we'd love to have those and got anything else. That's it. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for your time and attention. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye guys. Bye, y'all.